Welcome to episode eight of the Marketing with Haley podcast. Today I'm speaking with Eleni Vardaki, an experienced educator, teacher, and confidence mentor who works with girls and women, helping them to find their voice, stand up for themselves, and feel confident about their future and life. Eleni and I became connected first when she took my Instagram course back in 2016, and we've stayed in touch online. And in 2017, I took part as a guest interviewee in Eleni's very first summit called the Stress Less Summit. Eleni is a very genuine person with a heart for helping and bringing out the best in others, and I'm really excited to bring you this episode today. Not having run a summit before myself, I was very curious about the process of holding a summit, what's involved in setting one up, and I figured it might be a little known and considered option for many of you out there too. So in today's episode, we're going to be chatting about Eleni's experience as a first-time summit host and whether or not it's something that she would consider doing again. I hope that you enjoy this episode and find the insider's look into summit hosting helpful and interesting. Let's get started. Welcome to the Marketing with Haley podcast, where you can learn marketing, branding, and business tips to help you get your first clients and bring your creative business to life. Your host for today's show is business mentor, teacher, photographer, and incurable francophile, Haley Richardson. Are you ready? Let's go. So welcome to the show, Eleni. Haley, thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so, so excited to be here. I'm really, really excited to have this conversation with you and see what comes up. So can you tell us, Eleni, a little bit about how you got into confidence mentoring? How did this business all come about? Yeah, sure. So my my business idea came kind of organically, really, through a series of aha moments and concerns um, from my observations of patterns I was seeing in mainstream education and in the world around me. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, uh, I'd been working in many different schools, so this was about four years ago. By that time, I'd worked and trained in seven, seven or more different schools. It was two in Liverpool, two in Cambridgeshire, one outside of London, one in Sudan, one in Belgium, where I did a you know, training over the summer, and I was working at this point in Athens. And I'd also um, been in various systems, American systems, British systems, as a student. So I'd seen that side of the fence of mainstream education in different countries, in Pakistan, in Russia, um, and so on. And, and there was something that was bothering me, um, which I was noticing was a pattern that kept coming up and up, and that was that in mainstream education, there was such a focus on intellectual education that it was almost coming at an expense of emotional education. Um, and so I started seeing things that were upsetting me, like, you know, some of my students have been working with um, for, for, for years, um, who'd be doing GCSE exams, preparing for those or IB exams. And I'd been vigilating and they'd be doing one of their exams. I'd be in the corridor and I had a student come out saying, miss, I'm having a panic attack and she didn't know how to deal with it. And she felt she was going to fail. And that was heartbreaking for me because I knew that there are the tools out there. Um, you know, I had suffered from a lot of, um, exam stress when I was a student. And so I had, I, I, you know, had to learn these tools and how to manage the stress and anxiety. And it's something that's so common with conscientious students and often, um, more often with girls really than, than boys in my experience. 
Um, and yet, and yet there continues to be this issue that, you know, no matter where we're at in mainstream education, what country, what system, um, there's still an issue of competence being such a focus, the competence of how to write an essay, the competence of how to, you know, your math skills um, uh, and so on, that that's what the curriculum is based on, the what you teach. Um, and yet there's this other what, the how to deal with the exam stress, the how to, you know, how to build your confidence, because confidence is a muscle. Um, it's something you can train, something you can build. So that's how I then started going into working with youths um, for confidence training. We are working on issues such as um, exam stress, uh, time management, um, and and then it started to move from younger, you know, 10-year-olds and 16-year-olds to, I had university students coming to me and they wanted to work on confidence, for example, when they were training to be a teacher, it's confidence to do with their exam stress, that they had skills that they still, you know, hadn't, there were gaps there, they still hadn't really developed for how to manage it. Um, and then, and then two years later, I started to ha see parents starting to come to me of the kids who I'd worked with two years ago saying, we want <laughs> whatever it is you're doing, you know, we want it too, because I'm seeing my, my child is not feeling more confident. And, and so I started working with them um, to, to put themselves out there more if they wanted to have a second source of income. Um, and to build their confidence if they wanted to, do, uh, you know, who wanted to do a project uh, for humanitarian work and put yourself out there there. So I started to realize there's a pattern and, and that's where I'm at now, which is I realized that really all of this, you know, it's got nothing to do with age. It's more of an issue with girls and women than it is with men, um, although I have worked with boys and men as well. Because um, it's ultimately at the bottom is, you know, caring deeply about what you do, wanting to do well, but also having a hard time finding your voice, speaking your, your truth and putting yourself out there. Mm. So that's, that's how I do what I do. It's something that in, I started off with, with a concern, something that I was really upset about um, seeing from my, you know, reflection of my, um, my practice as a classroom teacher. I was working as a full-time teacher at the time four years ago. And, and the journey has been um, kind of expanding that into bigger issues of what are we really dealing with when we're looking at these confidence issues here and, and how similar um, we are as humans, independent of age and, and culture and so on, when we're struggling with these confidence crises when we want to uh, move outside of our comfort zone. Wow, that's amazing. I can really see, um, you know, the benefit of, of the work that you do as well, because confidence really is a universal need I guess for all of us isn't it and in going into you know further vocations after school having confidence to be able to back ourselves and stand up for ourselves in the workplace and even you know just the confidence to put our, our ideas forward it's so essential um, as an adult so I think that that's amazing that you were able to spot that need for emotional intelligence and confidence in you know children because in particular, I think learning learning to be more confident as a child really does equip you better for adulthood, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, certainly. And I'm a big, you know, I really value prevention, um, you know, prevention better than cures. So whatever we can do to prevent and give and give youth the tools to, to know how to deal with the stressful situation and know how to deal with these painful emotions, you know, um, in, in difficult situations is is just so important for helping make the world a happier place and better place. And especially at the time when, according to the World Health Organization, mental health problems like depression and anxiety. And, and so on are on the rise in 2016 and 2017. It's one of the, the main issues they're concerned about. So it's something that is, is a big issue in the world and, and I really care about being proactive about it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really cool. And I can see also, yeah, hu the huge need for confidence, I think, in entrepreneurship as well. I've you know been working for myself now for the last four years and met a lot of people, men and women, um, who are following their own sort of career paths in entrepreneurship. And confidence is definitely something that I see come up and again and again um, that many people kind of need to address. It, it's obviously something that, you know, hasn't really been um, fostered as much uh, in, in them growing up. So that's really cool that there's someone out there who can help people with that. Um, so, Eleni, you recently held a summit for your business, and I'm really curious to today to chat to you about this summit. And I'd love to start off by hearing a little bit from you about like what inspired you to follow the summit model for your your business to market your business in confidence training. Yeah, so the summit model was really helpful for me because it filled the gap in my goal of taking my business online. Up until that point, I'd been working with clients during the summer holidays if they'd been, you know, for example, maybe Greeks living abroad based in Brussels. So I'd be uh, doing intensive um, weeks during the summer holidays, during students um, and ch children's school holidays to um do some confidence training there, some time management training and so on. Um, and and then I started to realize that it was starting to get difficult when it came to um, scheduling the times and the and the where's and the what's and so on. And and so I realized the the what I what I loved about this online, you know, the, these new tools we have to be able to um, teach and mentor and, and coach and educate online. Um, using Zoom or using Skype and so on um, would be a way for me to be more available to the people who wanted um, the help or wanted the support and wanted the services. And the summit model was key for me in building my email list because I'd been working hard at building my following on Instagram, on YouTube, um, and, and I noticed I had a following but but my that wasn't leading to conversions in my email list mm. so as a result of the summit um it took a, about it was about altogether from start to finish six months of work mm -hmm. um and as a result of the summit my newsletter email list um increased sixfold so you know it grew six times from what it had before mm. so it's definitely an effective tool for um people who are interested in growing their email list yeah, that's a great result. So can you tell us, and um, Eleni, what's involved in holding a summit? Like, what are all the moving parts? Because I can imagine that there are quite a few. And I guess, you know, I was I was privy to a little bit of the organization side because I was involved in your summit as well. So I, I got to see a little bit of what you were doing behind the scenes. And um, it looked like an amazing production, I guess. So what are all the moving parts involved there? 
Yeah. So, um, so getting into the nitty gritty part of it and the more mechanical part, um, there were different. There were different parts that I wasn't aware of. Um, you know, being a, a viewer of a summit and and so go, going through it, what I discovered was that you have um, there were skills I had to develop. Things like. Um, the speaker management side of it, which involves once you have speakers who you know raise their hands, um, like yourself, which I was so excited about, and I was like, yay! Mm-hmm. She said yes <laughs> because you know, I mean, I've done your in, your Instagram course, um, which I love, and I just totally love your vibe, and it was an exciting time for me to connect with people like you, um, you know, and and have this opportunity to to interview you, mm-hmm. um, and and I. So after that, what I re- didn't realize is there's, there's, you know, there's the admin side where I have to make sure I have a system where I have, where do I put all of the pictures? Where do I put all of the biographies um, that people send me? Um, create, uh, you know, this involves creating like um, a form where, where speakers will put in their details like what their free gift will be, what their um, website will be, uh, sorry, their website and what the link is to their free gift and so on. So that when it came time to the stage a month before the summit to put it all together and create, um, you know, the, the speaker pages. So if you've got more than 20 speakers, which means you've got more than 20 pages. And so you want to have everyone's bio, everyone's photo and so on ready on hand to be able to create that and put that. Um, so, so the first stage was finding speakers who resonate with the cause of the summit, uh, which was, my summit was called the Stressless Summit, um, and who were happy to, to be interviewed and um, to collaborate. The second step was then man- you know, speaker management, giving them the information about the links, um, where we'd be um, doing the interview, and then uh, collating that information somewhere where I could use it when I was making the, the website. Um, and then the final step was the creating of the website itself um, with the links that only people who joined to the summit through the landing page. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, that was another step where you had a landing page where all of the speakers would then promote um, their, would say, hey, I'm speaking at the summit. If you'd like to jo- join, they'd promote the summit and they would then go to the landing page um, and sign up. So, so you've got, you know, you've got the, it's kind of like a diamond. There's all these different facets, all these different um, sides to it. What I found really helpful is I hired a coach to help me, you know, go through, well, teach me what those steps were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was really helpful for me. You know, Barbara Ames, my, my summit coach who helped me learn how to do it was, was really um, invaluable for me in this process. So it sounds like there's yeah quite a lot that's involved. So you're essentially interviewing 20 different people um, and you pre-record those interviews, don't you? So you pre-record interviews with 20 people and then they send out an invitation to all of their email lists, inviting their email lists to take part in the summit and listen as a, a listener. Then you hold the summit during a specific time frame, don't you, and, and send out t- the summit interviews to the people who have signed up to your email list as a result of coming from all of the different speakers. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so it sounds like there's like a lot of coordination, um, in terms of like being able to get other business leaders to, to take part. So what was it like asking those other business owners to get on board? Like how did you approach asking people and how did they generally respond? I'm, I'm really curious to know if there are any tips also in particular, I guess that you found along the way that 
were able to help inspire a yes from people more so than, you know, people who may not necessarily, you know, reply to your emails or anything like that? That is a really great question. Yeah, um, it was it was certainly a learning curve in that I realized um, a lot of it has to do with energy and connecting, feeling like, you know, in terms of vibes. Mm. So the people who said yes, it had to do with um, I feel like, you know, when we spoke when we spoke in the pre-interview conversation where we were talking and saying, you know, is this something this is what I'm doing? Are you interested? And so on. Um, uh, when it was someone who with whom there was some kind of reson like we resonated, there was a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, the flow from that point on to the interview was was really, you know, it was really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, when when it was. You know, whereas whereas I think sometimes it, it it just wasn't really that much of a connection. So it's kind of like anything else in business when it's to do with you know your whether you're you're seeing if it's a match with a client or so on. I think it's you know you're looking at are, are the values similar uh, similar are are you connecting with someone feeling that connection and resonating, and also um, something I noticed was you know a lot of the speakers were were really busy um and so we tried to make it work but then they had you know all all sorts of things going on so we didn't have time mm-hmm. um and so i've got a list about 15 you know 15 people who said i'm interested but the timing isn't going to work so when i you know so so it was just the the timing was was the issue and then there were other people who um responded in a way that was very suspicious and i think that's because They'd never heard of a summit, um, um, and you know they're, they're, they they hadn't yet really worked. Maybe they were early. Uh, it was cultural. I don't know. Mm. Um, I heard you know quite a number. There were two or three speakers who were from Australia who I think were a bit suspicious of marketing. And I don't know. I think I, I remember from one of your stories or something I followed from you that. Um, I don't know if it's a, there's a cultural kind of uh, in America. There's you know people are more okay with marketing in general, whether it's a summit, whether it's you know an advertising. Whereas um, whereas in Australia, it's kind of like if someone sticks their head off uh, up above the grass or a blade, what have you. Others are kind of like um, you know saying there's kind of a judgment of Um, the tall puppy syndrome they call it (laughs) that's the one that's the one yeah I couldn't remember yeah that's the one yeah probably. so it seems to be people in America were warmer and 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 in England and so on whereas in Australia sometimes it was there was a bit of it it took time to build trust and to really realize what is a summit and how it's in the interests of, of both yeah that's really interesting a very interesting insight so did you find that there were people that you were also cold emailing that you had sort of heard of before but who may not have heard of you and how did you kind of go about building that relationship or um, you know sending them an email that that did sort of get them interested enough to jump on a call with you and have a little chat about what might be involved Mm, yeah um really i i found the most effective way was keeping it simple just like you know i started off by giving lots of details of what the summit was and so on um and then i realized actually when you just write three lines you know this is what i'm doing this is what the cause is and this is why and this is what you know would, would you be interested to jump to hop onto a skype or zoom to chat to see if there's something you'd like to talk about mm-hmm. um to be involved in mm-hmm. and um when it was short and people you know 
that that was something that was effective because people would respond and say, yeah, let's talk, or they decide, you know, no, right now I'm too busy or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, there's a lot of there were you know there were a lot of non replies. There were a lot of people who said who you know who didn't reply, and I would I would follow up. So I'd follow up with another email. Um, at most, I wouldn't follow up more than twice. So yeah. that would be it. I'd just let it go after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point as well, because I think that's pretty typical in, you know, any kind of um, collaboration or anything where you're sort of sending people an email that asks them to get involved in something. You usually do get people who just won't reply. Um, So did you kind of keep a a spreadsheet or something to keep a track of, you know, people who, who, who you'd emailed and then those who had replied and said yes or no or hadn't responded? Or did you kind of just wing it along the way? I did. I had a spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's useful for people to know because I had a, there's a lot that's involved in keeping track of so many emails and so many speakers and so many yeses and what you need from everyone is a lot. I had a spreadsheet with everyone's name, when I emailed them, the date, how many times, um, and then and then if they'd said, you know, yes, a later, later time or, you know, no thank you or no response, I also recorded that. So then now, preparing for my next summit in 2018, um, I know who it is that, that is open and interested in, in continuing our efforts to, to try and make something and create something here together. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, you've got people who you can follow up again um, who may not have taken part this time but who were still kind of interested yeah, and I'm also going to follow up with the people who didn't respond. Some of you know, some of whom didn't respond because sometimes people, you know, people don't respond because they're so overwhelmed with what what's going on in their their world and their life. So yeah, um, so I could see maybe if that might be a better time for them to respond. If not, then you know, you know, it's just that they're not interested. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a really good idea. Um, and I guess like even just at the beginning, when you're thinking about the speakers that you want to invite, having that kind of spreadsheet is a really great place to start or even a notebook, just jotting down all of the people who you could possibly think that you might want to be involved so that you then have, you know, a really clear idea of, you know, different, maybe different categories of people. Cause I guess you had different types of, um, business owners as well. Were they all business owners or were there different types of, um, people involved? Well, most of them were either coaches or they had their own, you know, their own business um, online. I did have a speaker um, who was um, who was part of the House of Color um, company. She was one of the uh, there's there are three other ladies and the, the three of them collectively two in the leadership, and they're leading this company, the House of Color. Um, which is all about teaching people how to dress uh, more true to themselves and what colors suit you and your your personality and so on. Mm. So so, but other than that, everyone else was a yeah personal brand, um, either coach or mentor of some sort, whether it's um, emotional intelligence coach or um, a life coach, time management coach. Um, you know, so it depends. Or I mean, I mean, you've you've also got your photography businesses in, in addition to your your coaching and your your um, Instagram practice, your Instagram course. Um, but it was that kind of thing where they had some kind of link to the online world as a business, as a, and as a coach. Yeah. Most yeah. of them. Yeah. Awesome. So. Lenny, what kind of results? You've also already sort of told us that you were able to increase your email list um, sixfold, which is amazing. That's a really, really great result. 
Um, and I'm curious to know if there were any other sort of benefits that you found as a result of holding this summit. Yeah, sure. So for me, what I hadn't expected or realized um, would be how much fun it was connecting with um, other experts out there. Mm. Oh my goodness, that was, I hadn't, you know, you know, it's like when you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what's missing in your life until you start to have it. And I realized that being in, you know, being in a uh, in your community, there might not be people who are professionals who care so deeply about the importance of um, emotional education, um, or there might be a few, whereas here what you're doing is you're connecting with many. Mm. So, you know, who value, who have share your core values um, and with, uh, uh, with what it is that you want to do and to help, you know, make the world, world a better place. And, and, so, and so that was so exciting. And so um, it kind of felt like bomb to the soul. You know, mm. it was that kind of feeling of, I'm connecting with people who get it, who get how important this is and who, who are, you know, doing their part in their way to, to, to make a difference um, and to make the world a happier, brighter, lighter place um, and reduce stress. And so, yeah. and so that was for me the unexpected, like really the thing that I got out of it was just beautiful. Amazing. That's really, really cool. Um, and then like how about from from a business sense as well did you sort of start to experience inquiries coming through or you know clients or anything of that nature or was it sort of was this one kind of more a learning experience for you like how did how did it pan out in that sense yeah so what happened was I it was for me a learning experience in how to build relationships through um, using a newsletter because before this I hadn't even used you know I'd sent maybe a newsletter once every in, in a blue moon and yeah. um, have a system to do it every week yeah. and so after the summit um, I took a I took a month off afterwards to, to rest and, and replenish I mean it, it was very um, I realized it takes a lot out of you yeah. Um, it's because it is a lot, you know, it is a lot of work. And then when I came back, I then was able to sit down and say, okay, well, what is my schedule going to be to actually start writing a regular newsletter? Mm -hmm. So now I've got a newsletter that's, that I send out once, um, you know, once a week and sometimes twice a week uh, when I've got something special or something that's um, that I feel will be very helpful for my for my um, newsletter followers. Mm -hmm. So. So that's something that I'm, you know, that's a stage where I'm at, where it's like I'm now discovering and learning how do you actually write newsletter blogs in a way that that connects with your audience and and helps, um, you know, helps them learn or or helps them move on from where they're at to where they want to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm now offering um, webinars um, as as other training following the newsletter and um, discovery calls for my followers who are interested in, in going into discovery calls. And it's fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating. I had a discovery call with a lady um, a few, what was it, two weeks ago from Oregon who, you know, unless it was, if it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for the summit and if it wasn't for, you know, then, then with the, the newsletters, uh, writing newsletters and then, and then um, talking on the discovery call, I would have no idea that, that there are people who are following my summit who believe that there are people like me who are confident and then there's others who are just like, you know, that's they, they're, 
they're not born confident or what have you. And that was just such an aha moment for me because that then I can use to, 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 which I'm going to now to write a newsletter um, coming up where I'm saying, do you know what? I wasn't born confident and it also helped me change my about page because I realized that people think I'm born like this. I wasn't born like this. I was the, my first instance in public speaking. I was just like on a stage and I was so terrified that I wasn't even, you know, I, I mean, public speaking and singing. I was on a stage and I was just like sitting there with my mouth closed while the other children in nursery were singing because I was terrified. Yeah. So it's it helps you gain information of who are the people who are following. What is it that they want? Mm-hmm. Um, and so and what what is it that's blocking them from getting what they want? Yeah, amazing. That's such a valuable insight to have as well. And it's really great that you've been able to create a newsletter plan off the back of it and start communicating with your people as well, because that's so essential, I guess, in an online business. And like you said, this woman from Oregon probably would have never come across your work had it not been for you collaborating with business owners um, and bringing everyone together in, in the form of a summit. So that's really, really cool to hear. Um, so you've already said, I, I heard you mention before that you are planning a summit again in 2018. So you've obviously felt like this was a worthwhile um, marketing exercise for your business. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a worthwhile um, marketing um uh, model and and tool mm-hmm. it's something that I think it's like with all the tools you know when you when you first use them you've you've got to have a growth mindset say okay what could I do differently you know one of the things I learned is I need to outsource the technology because I was spending so much time mm-hmm. learning how to make the website and learning how to set all of it up um, that it was it meant I had less time to interview so it's it's so important to to go back and say okay well next time what am I going to do to do it better and that's the stage as well that I'm at I want to make it you know, more meaningful and, and uh, powerful for everyone yeah that's amazing and actually on that point like uh, after the summit you know you sent around an email to me and I'm guessing to everyone else as well with you know the stats so like how many people clicked through and how many people signed up as a result of that and you know that kind of tracking is really really important as well because what you measure essentially you can improve so having that kind of information it really does aid you I suppose doesn't it in terms of being able to look at what you can do to make it even better the next time around yes exactly yeah 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 yeah. and so is there anything else then because i'm really glad you mentioned that about um you know thinking about outsourcing for the next one is there anything else that you would do differently the next time that you do a summit that you have learned as a result of doing this first one um yeah so i would i would definitely start um working on reaching out to speakers sooner Mm-hmm. because it took me a couple of weeks to start reaching out and I, I hadn't realized how many no's I was going to get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you get rejected a lot. Yeah. So, so I have, so then I was like, whoa, okay, I'm going to have to send a lot more than I thought to, to get speakers who are interested and who, yeah. who, you know, the timing is right and so on. Yeah. And so, and so now I know, so I'd start sooner because the more speakers you have, the more successful an event it is for everyone involved. Yeah. So I, I will, definitely with the next one just like you know I'd be like organize myself and hit the ground running and like you know double triple quadruple the amount of emails I sent (laughs) right from the start yeah 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 so and and that's within what a six-month period was it that you kind of planned everything out from start to finish 
Yeah, pretty much. I started in, was it February? And then the summit was in July. Okay, yes. Awesome. And so February was when you were um, sending out the initial invitations or like more like March, April? Oh, that's a good point, actually, because I forgot there's another step that needs to be done, which is the, the hardest one, at least it was for me the first time around. And that's deciding what your summit will be on. I mean, my business model is focus more, stress less, motivate yourself. And so I decided, OK, it took me a while to the, I was going back and forth with the summit name. And then I realized it took me about a month to then say, um, so, you know, actually, I wanted to be in the first part of that motto, stress less. Because yeah. um, everything then connects, but to get to that point of what the the summit would be on yeah. took a long time, and then it took a while to actually get going in the pace that that uh, was ideal mm-hmm. um, to move things forward quickly. Yeah. So so definitely, I think doing everything you can to speed up the process of mm-hmm. of, of what the summit title will be, and yeah. then to hit the ground running with reaching out to speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all in all, kind of giving yourself like a really decent amount of time and looking at this is like, you know, maybe your year's project, um, like it doesn't have to take a year necessarily, but looking at sort of this is going to be your big action for the year and give yourself a good six months to kind of do everything, but move fast on the initial bit so that you, you don't sort of put yourself up against, I guess, a pressure cooker of time towards the end to get everything done. I love that. Yeah, yeah, because that's where I'm at. I realize this is a year-long project. I mean, it technically takes six months, but, you know, I'm already planning. I mean, I'm starting it in 2018, and now we're two months away. I'm already planning about how am I going to organize it within the whole year because it is such a big project. So, yeah, that's. I love how you said that. That's awesome. Um, Something that you also mentioned earlier, and I just wanted to quickly touch on, was you were saying, you know, you weren't quite prepared for how many people um, said no, and that's you know probably something that i would imagine that a lot of people who are sort of just starting out in internet marketing or anything like that would probably also feel because you know at the beginning i think we kind of all sort of expect that people are always just going to be you know excited and jump on board straight away and i definitely you know i've had a lot of experiences where you know that's kind of been the case um so i think it's really helpful for people to know that you know that you're not necessarily going to get as many people saying yes as you might think um but that's also you know totally okay and totally normal so like my guess I, i could be completely wrong would be that maybe you get like about one out of every 10 or two out of every 10 people saying you know that they're interested would that kind of be a rough sort of Mm. guess is that kind of what it was yeah 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 yeah, definitely there's way 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 more no's than or or non-replies than than yes yeah yeah yeah. absolutely yeah and so it's just really important i guess then for anyone out there who's kind of considering doing this to to really keep that in mind and you know if you start out and and start emailing some people in the first you know seven people that you email come back and say no that's not the time to kind of give up like that doesn't mean that you've failed there that just means that you just have to ask a hell of a lot more people to get the you know the, yeah. the key 10 15 or 20 people that you want to come on board so yeah i think that's just something that's really important for people to be able to to take on board as well Absolutely. Yeah. So Eleni, is there anything else that you would like to share about your experience um, in running a summit before we wrap up that you feel would be really helpful to someone who is considering this as a marketing model for their business? Yeah. Well, well, what I'd like to share is that um, it's 
such a um, massive exercise in in building your confidence. And I'm saying that as someone who, you know, I teach people how to train to build their confidence and so on. But and I put myself out of my comfort zone on a regular basis. But this is really going to put you out of your comfort zone because you're reaching out to people who you really admire, who you love, you love their work, you admire. And usually in society, you know, we have this and especially with the social media effect, sometimes the people we love and admire and they love their businesses um, and, and, they, and we find them inspiring, you know, we'll watch them from afar, but reaching out and saying, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm Eleni, uh, you know, this is what I'm, I'm planning. Would you be interesting? I'd love to have you on my summit. That is daunting. Um, and having to do that for, you know, and you're looking for more than 20 speakers because you to put together this big event. And so, and then having to overcome, you know, all sorts of other things come up, like, you know, I didn't feel confident with technology, so I had to overcome that to say, well, how am I going to do it since I'm not outsourcing at this stage yet? Yep. It's something that I'm going to do next year. But so there's a lot of blocks that you have to work through mm-hmm. on a on an intense level that um, that it's a great exercise in, in, in strengthening and building yourself up. Um, for skills that are needed to build an online business, such as you know, um, re- building relationships with with other with peers and and other experts around the world to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely, it's something that's useful because the re- the skills you build, um, building relations, connections with people um, with whom you're interviewing. It's, you know, you're building a network of, of other fellow, um, in, in one sense, colleagues, because our offices are no longer just physical. It's kind of like, you know, virtual colleagues, uh, people who, you know, uh, this is what they do. This is what the service they do. And it, it both builds you up and it builds them up because now, you know, OK, well, this is what someone else is doing. So if I hear of someone who's in who who is in need, well, they, they sound like the perfect person who could help them and maybe you could connect. So. It's it's there's so many things that are valuable in building a summit other than the summit itself. Amazing. Yeah, I can so imagine that just the whole experience would have been completely like mind opening and and just so so valuable. So I'm so grateful for you to you know for coming on and sharing your experience with us and I think that this is so helpful to you know so many people out there who one may have been considering a summit but kind of a just you know thinking I don't even know where to start Um, and two for people who may have never heard of a summit and who might be interested in actually running one for their business so thank you so much for your time Eleni Um, where can everyone find you yeah so if um, if you'd like to learn more about um, what I do and and follow me you can find me on Instagram at Vardaki that's V-A-R-D-A-K-I Eleni E-L-E-N-I or you can find me on uh, my website and where I've got and I publish my blog there as well elenivardaki.com on Facebook and on YouTube amazing so if anyone wants to go out and go and check out Eleni I'm sure that um, you will love her her stuff and you can pick up some great tips on um, confidence along the way. Haley, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thanks so much for inviting me for this interview and, and for this chance to chat with you and connect. It's been a joy. My pleasure. Thank you so, so much, Eleni, for, for coming on board. That's it for today's episode, friends. Thanks for listening in. For show notes and guest information, visit hayleyrichardson.co forward slash podcast. If you loved today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. 
Thanks again for tuning into the Marketing with Hayley podcast. Keep bringing that creative business of yours to life and we'll see you in the next episode.